week, that time of year where we celebrate the, uh, a time of thanks and remembrance. And uh, what do you think of when, when we think of Thanksgiving? Like, you know, these folks were interviewed. What do you, what do you think of when you think of Thanksgiving? Do you think of, uh, of food or, or throw out some, some thoughts? What, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Family. What else? Health? Food? Turkey? Hunting season? Did I hear hunting season? What else? I can't hear you. Macy's Day Parade. Yes. We think of all kinds of different, maybe a long weekend, eating, uh, you know, maybe Black Friday. Maybe, you know, the Friday, you know you're going to go out and you're going to get all your Christmas shopping done. Some of you folks like that. You know, some of you folks are like, that's, that's the best shopping day of the year and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the best deals because you're, you know, you're those extreme couponers or something maybe. You know, we think of, or maybe football. Maybe you're thinking of the upcoming Redskins and Dallas uh, game. Yeah, I see a couple people, yeah. Or maybe the, uh, the Lions or the Colts. Any Colts fans? I don't think there is any Colts fans. I, I don't think they exist. I think that's just a myth. Maybe, you know, you think of all kinds of, maybe it's family. Maybe, uh, maybe it's hanging out uh, with your family that you don't get to see very often. You know, but, but out of all these things, you know, we, we talk about Thanksgiving and, and we talk about all, you know, this holiday. We, it's so much more than just that, isn't it? You know, I mean, we, we talk about these things and we throw out different ideas, but really we all know that it's so much more. It, it's so much more meaningful than just these things. You know, it's not just a, a, a unique holiday uh, on Thursday, just a random holiday. It's or, or ununique. You know, it's, it's very distinctive. The, this holiday, this, this Thanksgiving Day is very distinctive. It's different than any other holiday that we really have. It's simply a day that we set aside to express our thanks to God. It's a time to set aside thanks to God. Now, in your bulletins, if you look at your bulletin, um, in the inside right here, I put a little quote in there. We're going to read that real quick. It'll be up on the screen, too. But did you know that it was George Washington that actually did the proclamation to start Thanksgiving Day? And it was in 1789, on October 3rd, when he, when he made this, this public proclamation designating Thanksgiving. And listen to what he says. He says, Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for his benefits and to humbly and humbly to implore his protection and favor and whereas both houses of congress that was very interesting when i read this both houses of congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the united states a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many sig- signal favors of almighty god especially by affording them an opportunity peaceful, peaceably, peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. I thought that was really interesting that, that both houses of Congress, you know, they came together and they, they, they recommended to George Washington that they put together this day, this day where, where peace and thanksgiving can happen. And it's not just a Thanksgiving for anything else, you know, food or, or what we have in material things. It's very clear that he's saying, give thanks to God for the things, for, for having peace and, and to have a place where we can, 
we can celebrate and, and be free. You know, that, that there's this the last line, establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. See, remember, it's George Washington. So this is the beginning. It's right after the, the Revolutionary War, shortly after that. And so there, and the government is being formed, and our, and our, and our country is really at the, its birth. And here he is saying, you know what, we need to thank God that we have a government and a, a place to live that we are free to, for safety and happiness. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't that a beautiful thing that we can come and we can just give thanks and we have this freedom in this country? See, most of us know the story of the pilgrims. Most of us know when we think of Thanksgiving, I remember as a kid, we'd always have the Thanksgiving parade and we had the, the uh, you know, we'd have to dress up or, uh, in, in, you know, uh, uh, pilgrims uh, hats. Indian hats, and, and we'd have this little play, and, you know, and we're talking, I'm talking like, you know, three years, five years old type thing, you know, real little, and we're running around, running into each other, and then when we think of Thanksgiving, a lot of times we think of that's kind of the, that's where we get this from. We think of pilgrims and, and settling on, on the Mayflower and Plymouth Rock, and, and that's, that's why we celebrate, is this Thanksgiving dinner, but really the day was established here with George Washington. And they had, a, uh, they had this Thanksgiving dinner and this, this, uh, this proclamation happened that started that holiday for years later. And even though, you know, this, this holiday's been around for a long time, even earlier than that, earlier than 1621 when the, when they, when the pilgrims settled and that Thanksgiving meal happened, even before that, people were giving praise and Thanksgiving. We were celebrating Thanksgiving in the Old Testament. Psalm 100 is a, a psalm that's entitled the Psalm of Thanksgiving because even back when, when the, our writers of the psalms were, <clears throat> were writing it, they were so filled with gratitude and thanksgiving that they, they, they would share it all through the psalm letters or the song chapters. It's an invitation to join, to acknowledge the great things God has done. Now, not only does Psalm 100 call us to praise the Lord of thanksgiving, but it also describes the nature of the thanksgiving. And there's a lot we can learn from this, this psalm. And we're going to look at the first five verses of this psalm. Psalm 100, verses 1 through 5. And it'll be up on the screen so you can follow along. It says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Two, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and the, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Let's pray. Father God, as we open up your word and we see this psalms, and we see this, uh, this attitude of thankfulness from the writer, and we see what, what his, his love for you, Lord, open our hearts and our minds to your word. Teach us what you'd have us learn, Lord. We're here to learn from you. And we want to serve you and love you. And, and Father God, we just ask you to teach us in this moment. Help us praise you while we worship today. Open our hearts and our minds to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to take a look at these first five, these five verses. And we're going to select a word out of each one of those verses to focus on. And there's going to be five words for you to remember. So write these down, because this will help you go into the Thanksgiving season with gratitude and joy. 
So the first one is, the first word we're going to look at is joy. Notice in the first verse it says what? Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. You know, it's interesting when, when uh, you know, you go to a football game. If anybody's been to a, a big stadium football game, you know, like, like the Cowboy Stadium, or I grew up in San Diego, and so we had the Charger Stadium, Murphy Stadium. Uh, now I think it's Qualcomm or something. But I remember going there, and, and you get close, and you just hear the noise. You just hear this, this cheer and the, the crowd just yelling for their teams. And, and in our case, you know, we're, we're, I'm a Raider hater, which means that I hate the Oakland Raiders. And so we, if Raiders and Chargers were playing, I'm all over it. I'm yelling at them. I'm screaming at them. See, we have no problem with that. You know, when we're at these games, we don't have no problem cheering people and, and you know, yelling at the refs and, and telling people to, you know, uh, run, 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 or pass, or, or run the ball, and yelling at the coaches. We have no problem with that. We even have cheerleaders on the side trying to roar out the crowd to make it more entertaining. See, we have no problem doing that. You know, it's interesting that, that we seldom see that at churches. You know, we, we serve God... And we love the Lord, and he's given us scripture, and he's given us this new life, but yet we're so afraid to cheer like we're at a football game. You know, years ago, I used to work at a place called Teen Challenge, and Teen Challenge is a, a Christian discipleship program. That's the official name. But what it was is you take um, teens that are um, struggling with drugs, alcohol, and addictions, and you put them into a residential program. It's a really wonderful program. And I was a youth counselor there, addictions counselor there, and one of the things that was required for my job is I would have to take these kids to church on Sunday or Wednesday nights, and we rotated. And so uh, this is a, the Teen Challenge is an Assembly of God program, so they're Pentecostal. Well, I was saved at a Pentecostal church, so I understood that. And so as I was taking these kids, I remember going to this church out in Newport News called Bethel, and Bethel Assembly of God is huge. But let me tell you something, they worship. I remember this lady that we called her the tambourine lady, and probably, some of you probably heard me tell the story. But this lady, every time we would come, she'd be at this certain spot every time, and she'd have a tambourine, and man, she is going crazy with it. She's shaking, she's screaming, she's crying. She can see tears, you can see mascara going. I don't know why she didn't do waterproof mascara, but she'd have well, mascara coming down, and she'd be just loving the Lord and just not afraid. We'd be sitting there, I have to admit, we'd be kind of a few rows back, kind of chuckling because she was just so passionate about this and and we would look at this and we're just and i was always in awe because you know what she wasn't afraid to really shout for the lord she wasn't afraid of that she wasn't afraid to shout like we were at a football game we can learn a lot from our fellow brethren our fellow brothers and sisters in the pentecostal churches because they really do know how to shout for the lord and we can learn something from that now I understand that everybody um, shouts and joyful uh, praises to God in different ways. We all come from different walks of life. So just because you don't do that, don't feel like, like you know, there's pressure to be a certain way that you're not. Don't feel that way. But you know what? Find that joy. Learn to express it. Learn to express that joy. Shout joyfully, even if it's quietly in your mind. But find a way to shout joy for the Lord. Our lives are meant to be joyfully called a joyful call to God. It's meant to be joyful in our presence of God. God wants us to get excited about who he is. Not just what he's done, but who he is. Just a week ago, I saw uh, uh, 
this picture here. This, is, this picture right here is from World War II. And this was a celebration at the end of the victory in New York City. And when the victory happened, when the V-Day happened, they celebrated. They celebrated like no other. I think, I, if I remember right, don't quote me on this, but I think it was about 2.5 million people celebrated in the streets through here. They celebrated because the war was over. The war was ended. Folks, that celebration was a shout of praise. They were just shouting with so gratitude. See, you know what's great about, about being a Christian today? The war is over. The victory's already won. We, we need to shout praises to God because we already know the ending. We can look at Scripture. We already know what's going to happen. We, the war is over. We know who wins the war, and we know who the victory is, and it's God on high. We need to shout joyfully because God has won the victory over us. Yes, we still struggle little battles, but the over, overall, the war is won by God on the cross. We need to be filled with joy and shout about it. Shout joyfully for the Lord. So the first word is joy. Remember joy. Second word is gladness. Look at verse, verse 2. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. See, let me tell you something. There's a huge difference between gladness and sadness. There's a huge difference. Now, let me tell you, I'm going to share two stories. And, and, it, and really, it has to do with our attitude. Our attitude makes all the difference. Story one is that Jim Smith went to church one Sunday morning, and he heard an organist miss a note during the prelude, and he winced. It irritated him. He saw a teenager, darn teenagers, talking when somebody was supposed to be, when everyone was supposed to be bowing in prayer. He felt like the ushers were watching him to see how much he was putting in that offering plate. He caught the preacher making a slip of the tongue five times in the sermon by actual count. And he slipped out through the side door during the closing hymn, and he muttered to himself, never again, those hypocrites. Now here's another guy. Ron Jones went to church Sunday morning and he heard the organist play an arrangement of a mighty fortress some, and he was so thrilled at the majesty of it. He heard a young girl make a comment in the service to speak, uh, to speak her simple moving message of difference her faith makes in her life. She was sharing about her faith. He was glad to see this church. His church was sharing in a specific offering for the hunger for hungry children in Nigeria he especially appreciated the sermon that Sunday. It answered a question that bothered him for many months. And he thought, as he walked out the doors, how could a man come here and not feel the presence of the Lord? How can these, both men went to the same church on the same Sunday morning and each found what they were looking for. When we come before the Lord, we are to do it with gladness not sadness when we come through those doors we should check our attitudes and think about god and and all the blessings that he has bestowed upon us there are many times when people come to church on sunday morning and worship like they're coming to a funeral service there's no movement there's no joy i tell you the truth we need to come here on a sunday morning like we're coming into a resurrection service not a funeral service. We need to be shouting for joy and have joy in our hearts. My God has risen from the dead 
And we need to celebrate the fact. We need to celebrate that Jesus Christ died and resurrected and saved us for a da- from damnation for eternity. He saved us and it lets us go to heaven with him for eternity. I know he's living. I know he's in my life. I know he walks with me. And I know he has a hand of mercy of me. I know he forgives me of my sins. I know he loves me. I know he will ne- never let anybody snatch me out of his hands. And when we know these things, we, we know he lives and he is the Christ. We should not come into service sad. We should not come. In, we will have times of sadness when we lose somebody. I mean, that's going to happen in moments in our lives. But overall, we should be a joy. We should we should be in gladness because of who Jesus is and the fact that we're all saved. Can I get an Amen. God loves you so much and he wants a relationship with you. And we should be walking in gladness because of who he is. He walks with me, he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives salvation in part. Folks, when we come to the Lord, we ought to do it with gladness. So that's the second word. Third word is this, dependence. Look at verse 3, it says, Know that the Lord, he is God, it is he who made us, we are his, and we are his people, and the sheep of his pastor. See, this verse is an interesting verse because it actually shows a lot about God. It actually claims very specifically some characteristics or attributes of God. Look at the first part of it. It says, you know, that he is God. He is the Lord. See, we are to make him ruler, master, and boss of our lives. God is God, and we are not. And Moses said, um, God told Moses, I am who I am. In Exodus 3. Folks, you have no more control over your life than you do the weather. God is God. And he will be working in your life. And God is good. And he wants to be in your life. Second thing is, is God is our creator. You notice it says that we are his if you create something, you know, some of you guys work in, uh, uh, you know, crafts or, or wood shops or different things. When you create something, you're the master of it. It's yours. Would you agree? You're, this is your creation. Well, when, when God created us, we are his, his creation. He made us. It is he who has made us, not ourselves. And he's also our shepherd. In the last part of that verse, it says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. God guides us to the place of security, plenty, and rest. If you look at Psalm 23, verse 1 and 3, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters, and he restores my soul. We need to be dependent on him. So we need to have joy. We need to have Gladness, and we need to have dependence because of who he is. Someone rightly said that if we're created, he is our created. If we are the sheep, he is our shepherd. If we encounter, enter his courts, he is our king. If we serve him, he is our master. I am dependent on God. He created even the air that I breathe. Everything that we have is from him, and we are dependent on him. The fourth word, and of course, is a theme of the holidays. 
is thankfulness. Look at the last verse, verse 4. You cannot give thanks unless you are thankful. Enter his gates with, uh, with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. See, thanksgiving is, is what flows out of a thankful heart. When we think about the, what we were like, especially before we got saved, before we ever accepted Christ in our life, or before we had that encounter with Christ, when we think about that, and we think about our life today, we should have a thankful heart. We should be remembering those things. We should remember what our life was like before him. In Luke chapter 17, there's a real interesting story. And it says uh, Jesus walked into a village, and uh, he saw ten lepers. And from a distance, they started yelling out at Jesus, basically saying, you know, heal me. You know, uh, have mercy on me, or have mercy on us. Heal us. And so what he does is he turns around and he says, go. Go show, the pri- go show yourselves to the priests. And they left before they were even cured. They left. They turned around and left. And then it was, and we see that because along the way they were cured of this leprosy. And as they went along, they were cleaned. You know what happened after that? Only one of them came back. Only one of them saw that he was healed, turned around, and went back to Jesus. He fell on his face feet of jesus glorify god thank god for who for what has done what he has done one out of ten thanked him only one out of ten came and said lord jesus thank you so much for what you've done and they got on his knees and he begged him and just worshiped him and just thanked him and jesus turns around and says weren't there ten clean wasn't there ten of them where's the other nine wasn't there 10? Folks, we need to be thankful to God for what he has done for us. And most importantly, he's healed us spiritually. And that brings us to the fifth word, which is gratitude. In verse 5, it says, For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. There's three reasons to be grateful in this the lord is good he's everlasting and his truth endures forever to romans chapter 11 paul gives thanks and praise when he writes this writes in 11 uh, chapter 11 verse 36 for from him through him and to him are all things to be to him be glory forever amen See, God will not leave us or forsake us. His truth endures forever. For all eternity. Everything comes from Jesus. Everything happens through Jesus. Everything ends up to Jesus. And always glorious. Our praise, our thanksgiving, our worship needs to be directed toward God. We need to be thankful for what He has done. I want you to notice something in Psalm 100. In this psalm that we've been looking at. I want you to think about, if you have your Bibles open, count them. How many times is the word God um, mentioned or referenced to? How many times is God? In this simple 15, or, uh, five verses, he's mentioned 15 times. Do you think he might be the center point of thanksgiving if, if he's mentioned 15 times in only five verses? I think he's a central theme in that, those verses. 
Let's do something that the early churches used to do. We're, we're coming to the end of the, the end of the message, but I want to do something. If, if everybody is going to be up on the screen, if everybody could stand up, and we're going to read this. This is what they used to do many years ago. They would read up, and they would take the Word of God, and they'd read it together out loud. And if you don't, if you can't stand up, that's fine, but if you, please rise if you can. And let's read this together. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. This Thanksgiving, with all the preparations and excitement, take time to remember God. Take time to remember what He's done for you and the joy that He's brought into your life. You have, some of you have kids. Some of you have family members. Some of you have friends. Some of you have a relationship with God that just, I mean, all these things are, and you can know on and on and on, and all these wonderful things God has brought to your life. Look for the things that he has brought to you, and be thankful for his love. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your love, and, and thank you so much, Lord, for the joy that you bring into our lives. Thank you for for reaching down from the heavens and giving us salvation in the first place. Thank you for convicting my heart of my sin and letting me know that, that you wanted a relationship with me. Thank you so much for that, Lord. Thank you for, for loving us so much, not only to create us, but then when we rebelled against you, you came down and you died on the cross for us to pay the penalty of sin. Thank you for that, Lord. And I know it's got to be hard because I couldn't imagine my own son dying on the cross for all of humanity and dying on the cross for a wretch like me. And Father God, thank you so much for that. And thank you for the, the friends and family we have. Thank you for this church and the love that they have for reaching out to the people. And thank you for the Dolly Ann ministry. Father God, thank you for my kids. Thank you for my family. Thank you for every single person here in this church. Thank you for having food on the table, a roof over my head. Father God, as we go into this Thanksgiving season, help me always remember this. Every single day, help me remember and be thankful for your love and who you are, Lord. And let us all remember that, Lord always be in our lives, and always remind us of who you are, Lord. Continue to work in our lives and help us grow. It's amazing to be in a relationship with you, and I just love you so much, Lord. And all of God's people said, amen.